Welcome back to another hot off the presses edition of What You Spin In. This is episode 38. Two episodes away from the a Tribe Called Quest uh, extravaganza dose. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun, but this is going to be a hell of an episode too. I've been I've been stoked about this all week. How you boys doing? Doing good. Right. Ecstatic. This is a good week. Good week for hip hop. Yeah. Did you say you're ecstatic or they're static? Uh, I'm ecstatic. Oh, okay. I was like, shit, is my mic being weird? Um, but no, this is gonna be this is gonna be tight. Um, and to kick things off, we're gonna go ahead and bring up my pick for this week, which was Operation Doomsday by MF Doom. Finally bringing up an actual solo MF Doom project, like under the MF Doom moniker. Uh, pretty stoked about that. His solo debut back in 1999. Um, hell of a fucking album. Uh, I've got a lot of appreciation for it and a lot of shit to say. So I'm going to put a sock in it and let the boys take over. Let the boys be boys. The boys will be boys. Go ahead, Jake. Start off, baby. Oh, boy. I mean... A lot of pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah, MF Doom, like, we brought him up multiple times. Um, he is, uh, you know, often regarded as, you know, people always say your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Um, like, he is, you know, the GOAT, like, the underground, as, as far as underground hip-hop goes. Um, he is often attributed to one of, like, the forefathers of it, like, that created it, that popularized it in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, this was crazy seeing his transition from KMD, the group that he was with, um, him being Zev Love X, moving into his new persona, MF Doom. Um, it's crazy. I was looking at the differences. Um, and when he was with KMD, he was much more like you could tell it was a 90s sound, like it was. Um, very hip hop. Um, it was a lot of boom bap. And then with this newer stuff, the new wave of his like new persona, it's a lot more experimental. Uh, the beats are a lot more experimental. His lyrics, um, the way he's rhyming, his rhyme schemes, it's like much more like intricate and there's layers to it. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy that when he dropped this, it was a debut album for him. Yes, um, coming off of that crazy transition and then it's still often regarded as you know one of his best and one of the most definitely influential in the underground scene that's a great point i think when you say underground and like geo you know greatest of all time for underground like he set the bar there you know he's got a great persona i like the album cover too that stood out most and there's some alternate uh, album covers as well 
yeah. should be cool to look at. Um, and a great backstory. I know we've talked about this before with the other albums we've reviewed, but, um, you know, to come off the streets, you know, be homeless for a while and have all that that knowledge, I guess, you gain from that and be able to write about it and just write your own story. And I just think his lyricism is so cool. It's one of the my favorite things about him as an artist was his lyricism and the way he was able to just betray his life and put it out there. Um, and this is an amazing debut. I mean, it's, you know, start to finish. It just, it doesn't have any skips and it's got skits in it and it's, it's classic, you know, just incorporating all the great elements of hip hop and the vibes and the beats that we like. And some of the samples that he's using are like Scooby-Doo, Hanna-Barbera samples. And just, he's just so eclectic and it's just like, it's just a fun album all around. And uh, I appreciate it being a debut album and just being so killer. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong with any song on this album. It's great. And it has that right. bedroom electric term that he kind of uh, created. And it's like kind of the way he recorded the album, I guess, was very like at home and like, you know, just doing it on your own. So for him to do all yeah. that, have such a killer debut is great. Um, very, very much so. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jacob, you were exactly on the nose with, you know, the comparison. If you listen to if you listen to Black Bastards by KMD and then you go and listen to Operation Doomsday, the only similarity is that Doom's on them, basically, and that they're both hip hop albums. I mean, at their at their core value, but it is so much of a jumping off point. And, you know, you know, people don't really like people nowadays at this point know Doom more than they know KMD. And so I can assume that the same was kind of kind of true back then. You know, not a lot of people knew KMD or whatever. And then this comes out. And it's unreal. Like, the opening skit, the time we face Doom, I love that. And then it starts doing that little, it starts like teasing a little drum break toward the end. And then that voice that is iconic throughout this whole album that operation doomsday kicks in and then that uh fucking you just hear operation doomsday and that beat kick in for uh the song doomsday with that that shot the a sample dude that shot a sample yeah there's so many good well, beats like smooth okay. jazz and like soul type you know vibes it's but the way he blended all that together with sampling is just amazing yeah well it's it's Sade lyrics that Pebbles the Invisible Girl sings and redoes, which is just like changes the last word uh, to MC. And dude, like I get chills thinking about it. Just that the int- what a beautiful intro to an album, you know, with the chaotic cartoon samples and then right into that smooth beat. And I love just the scratching over it the whole time. Like, oh, uh, God damn. And then Jacob, I know "Rhymes Like Dimes" is probably in your top three because I know that's one of your favorite Doom tracks. Like, yeah. it's just everything it, flows so well. It's funny, "Rhymes Like Dimes." Um, Kevin and George always gave me shit because the lyrics is, "I think I sell rhymes like dimes," but I thought it was, "I spit rhymes like dimes," and they always gave me shit for the longs. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest thing. <laughs> they been always like, "You like, oh, I spit rhymes." It's, it's, you know, it's still whatever. But yeah, that song also really great. Kind of shows his experimental beat making because he self-produced his whole album. Yeah. Um, and that song is like really off kilter, like for a beat. Um, like it's kind of strange. It's got weird like um, electronic feels to it, but it sounds super good. Um, and the way that he like chops it up, breaks it up. It, 
it's like a bonus level in like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly spot on. It sounds like something like you know, like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog or like Sonic Heroes or something like yeah. a bonus level. Like it, it's it's so nutty. Um, and even I was looking at this album and his uh, what's it called? Herb Special Herbs the instrumental pack that he does, like his instrumentals, a lot of the songs on this are on that first Thorns about a flex. <laughs> Where'd he go? He's, he's going to come back with a doom mask and scare everybody. Yeah, he, right. Yeah, he's he's going to get freaky with it. No, I do have one of those in my Amazon cart, though. Bet you oh. mean this? Yeah, you motherfucker. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, you mean, so jealous you mean got that? <laughs> nice. I'm so yeah. But yeah, a lot of this, a lot of the songs on this, the beats are on that, uh, on that, uh, on that album, and it's, yeah, it's really cool hearing a bunch. He does have like some features on it. Um, MF Grimm, um, Tommy Gun, which I'd never heard of, but that guy was going off on that song. The entirety uh, of MIC Monster Islands are. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, this is the first time also that we're seeing uh, King Ghidra come in to play. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of nutty. It's kind of nutty. It is. And the fact that, you know, all of these kind of, I like, c- characters in the MF Doom universe were already kind of starting, you know? Like, uh, he was already collabing with MF Grimm, who he ended up doing a, a, a good amount of stuff with. Uh, he brings up the King Ghidra moniker, which was, I don't think he put an album out under that name until, like, five years after this came out. Yeah. And and then, you know, to see all of Monster Island Zars on there, on Who You Think I Am, which might be one of the most underrated songs on this. I was listening to this this week, obviously. And kept coming back to who you think I am. The beat is gnarly, and then everybody just coming in and like, uh, man, dude, I can It like makes me. It like blows me away <laughs> that that track. Like, yeah, it's so like he he came out, did his own solo album, and was like basically alluding to a bunch of shit that would come out later on in his career down the road. Yep. Yeah, he did. Um. A lot of these songs too. Um, I feel like this album is underrated in his catalog. Very I mean, not so, not really. But I feel like a lot of people when they think of MF Doom, they think of first off Mad Bell. Mad yeah, Bell. that's like the, every time I bring up MF Doom, that's the first album. It's like, oh, that's the one. I'm like, come on. Yeah, Mad Villainy, <laughs> and then Mmm Food is my personal favorite. Uh, Mad Villainy is probably regarded as the best one. Um, but this I like, one, I like this album better, honestly, than Mad Villain. Yeah, this so one for unique. a debut, it's nutty. You got yeah. it, nice. I was gonna bring it up. Um, Why are you, show, are you showing off, man? We'll definitely bring it up. I'll show off. I'll show you off. Here, I gotta. I'll just show all of the Doom albums I own on camera today. <laughs> I got that one. That Jake's one. Jake that, gave one me that. that one's a fucking grail. Yeah. It is. It's. You know, Jacob, you're spot on. Like food out of like the mf doom name albums that's like the one everybody goes to but for me personally when i got into mf doom i started with mad villainy my buddy dylan showed me that album and i was like all right this is this is fucking sick 
And then I, I was like on Apple Music or whatever at the time, and Doomsday, the song, was in the top five. And I listened to that, and I was like, all right, here we fucking go. I guess I'm a diehard Doom fan now. And listened to that whole album, and fuck, man. Like, it kind of, it kind of, it fucks with me, man. This album fucking changed my life. This album, this album did a lot of good for me. Like, you know, opened my ear up to a more, like, production side of hip-hop. Because I was just getting back into it. So I was, you know, going toward, like, lyricism, you know, was still listening to a lot of mainstream, mainstream stuff. And then I heard Operation Doomsday, and I was like, holy shit, there's, like, there's a whole, just slew of artists that no one has any fucking idea about or they do but they don't like no one gives them appreciation and operation doomsday like had i not heard operation doomsday i wouldn't have been open to listen to stuff like boldy james or fucking saul williams you know Mm. like it it really made me appreciate music as a whole more listening to this album so I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm like getting goosebumps. I'm shaky, man. This album makes me fucking emotional, man. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like, it's not like a sad album, but like it fucking, it did a lot of good for me back in the day. So shout out Doom, man. Well, anytime music can do that to you you as an individual, it's it's doing something to everybody else too, you know, and to have that power and that creativity to invoke emotion, it's amazing. So I love that. It's a great, great way to sum it up. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. I think. The first MF Doom song that I heard was probably Doomsday. Um, and it, yeah, it did numbers on me. It did on everyone. Um, it, even when Doom was still alive, like it was still regarded as an exceptional debut. And now that he's passed, unfortunately, it's even more been like so more significant. And it's like Harold is as like one of the best underground albums of all time for a debut. Um, and yeah, MF Doom, just the moniker of the man, like he's regarded as the underground king, like, you know, so um, I think it's great that we've talked so much about him. Like we brought up uh, uh, Victor Vaughn, his other album. Yeah. I'll probably bring up King Ghidra at one point. Um, there's a couple other like mm-hmm. collabs that he did. So, yeah. Yeah. One of us has to get... Uh... God damn it, why can't I think of the name? West Side Doom. <laughs> West Side West Side Doom. West Side Doom. The the one with that's that on it in Lightworks that has the oh. has a couple J Dilla cuts. The 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 mat the the face one, the one with his face? Yeah. Uh, uh I forget what it's called. Oh shit. So, it's yeah, gonna bother me. That one too. That's a great album. Born like this. Born, Born like this yes. is a great one. Neruvian Doom, which you have, like Neruvian his Doom. catalog. It's like you really have to sit there if you want to listen to a lot of really good music as a whole, but a lot of really good Doom albums. You have to go through this rabbit hole, and you break the surface with Mad Villainy, which is what a lot of people do, myself included. And then you go from there to the solo work, from there to Victor Vaughn, down to Neruvian. Like it's a whole. Like, once you break the surface, it's like, oh, you're just getting started. Which yeah. is why I chose to bring up Mad Villainy on the first episode of this podcast to kind of signify, like, just like Doom's discography, we're just getting started with this podcast. You know, kind of a dumb little thing I realized today. But I was like, man, I started off 
with the album that got me into this artist. Like, pretty tight. Um, lyrics. We could sit here and talk lyrics all fucking day. But I do have one that I want to bring up. <laughs> uh, the I'll prep uh, before I do that. What are your guys' thoughts on the song Questions? Or question that's mark? that's in my honorable mention because you know after you told me about that being your favorite song, I hadn't gotten through that the whole because I kept listening to the first you know half of the album. When I played that song, waiting to go and to see my son, it was a good song. Yeah, I like that song too. Mm-hmm. The chart, the chart snooker uh song Turn, yeah but uh people uh on the mf doom subreddit have been pushing to figure out who curious is and whether he has any other stuff out because he just features on the song and that's like the only thing that's known about this guy because people loved that feature on this and it's great but people are like who is this guy like i want to listen to more of his stuff Right. There, <laughs> there ain't Jack on him, dude. Like, you can't find anything. He's gone. He's a mystery. <laughs> he literally was probably just some <laughs> stoop kid <laughs> in Harlem or something. Right. Like, <laughs> that Doom was just like, ah, you're pretty cool, man. Like, I like smoking blunts with you. You want right. to be on an free- album? Yeah. yeah, you freestyle pretty good. You want to be on one of the most influential hip hop albums? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that being said, uh, there's uh, the beat for this song is unreal. Uh, I used to freestyle over Charnsuka, that instrumental, all the time. I used to have like other friends that were super into freestyling. I would just put on special herbs all the time, but I would specifically like try to get them to rap over Charnsuka because it's such a good beat. Um, but after the curious verse, like toward the end of it, you hear MF Doom like come back and start spitting again. And this this line, like the start of this second verse, is one of the reasons why this is legitimately in my top five hip hop songs of all time. Is questions? It's a uh, by candlelight, my handle write these rhymes till I'm burnt out, mostly from experience, shit that I learned about, topics and views generally concerned about, with different ways to come up and earn clout. I take a I take a look at my life and paste the trails from tablet and savage females with fake nails to face veils. Like, he just starts it off by saying, like, by candlelight, my hand will write these rhymes till I'm burnt out. Which, like, now that he's gone, like, hearing that, it fucking, it's like, shatters every time. It's like, damn, that is so insane. Because he was doing that until he died. The year he died, he put out Zarface. Like, he was legitimately going until the end and so it hits heavy and then he starts chopping and like just starts rapping a little faster goes into some really meaningful shit about his brother i could literally recite the whole song like i could sit here and read the lyrics for the whole song but i won't <laughs> but <laughs> goddamn dude it's uh, uh, a, a song that i thought was really neat listening back like to it uh tick tick yes, yes. great track like <laughs> I was like, because like when I listen to music, I like, you know, I'll like feel it and I'll like bob my head. And that was, I made that a challenge for myself. I'm like, I'm going to try to bob my head with the beat on Tick Tick. <laughs> like, and then it just goes like, because it speeds up and then it slows down and then it speeds up again. Yes. So then you're like going like this and then you're like. Like, <laughs> like it's one of those one of those weird beats, like what the heck, like how do you yeah. come up with this? And he was like, oh, let's put it on the album. Um, yeah. and it, 
pretty well. It's fucking nutty. And then uh, Gastrols. Gastrols also iconic. There's so many like staples on this album. There are. There's a uh, lot of good. Day rhymes like dimes. Question mark. Gastrols like. Gas draws that uh, that line hose get ripped off like Nicorette packs like just that pause when he delivers that line kills me every time it's just so like god damn dude this album <laughs> what are we doing and yeah, man. there's just the skits on it like Matt you mentioned the skits at the I beginning know, of they're so I was like what there, we got skits again I'm like well it came out in 99 so I think skits were still a thing back you know when it came out yeah yeah, there's more than one. I was like, yes, yes. That was like that was like a meme. Like if it's like if it's if you're listening to an MF Doom song and there isn't like a minute of cartoons and like a skit, like I don't, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> MF Doom, MF Doom fans be like, I love MF Doom, MF Doom, uh, Cheetos, Burritos, and Fritos. Yeah, yeah. Three minutes of cartoon samples. That's one. Of, mm-hmm. I'm gonna find one of those memes to put in this episode because they're the they're funniest shit, but they're so true. <laughs> Oh man, um, there's a particular skit, uh, the Hands of Doom skit, where it's just that guitar riff. It's uh, it's just like it reminds me, Jacob. You remember when we brought up Mad Villainy? You and I were like, "There's so many beats on this that are either skits or interludes that we just wish he would have rapped over." Mm-hmm. And that one, I'm like, I want to hear him rap over this because he managed to do it over Tick Tick. And if he can do it on that, he could probably do something on this. But yeah. it's like there's and there's so many of them, but it's like I don't skip any of them when I listen to this album because it adds to like the whole experience of it. You know, those obscure beats like who else could rap on that? You know, like you can't think of like a Pusha T or like a Kanye or like a Freddie Gibbs. Like, no, <laughs> like only no. do. It would be Doom or Quaz, but they're basically, yeah. you know, they're <laughs> they're so connected at this point. Like, but shit, shall we? Shall we do the top threes? Let us dive into it. Honorable mentions for me, or actually, fuck that. We'll do three, two, one. Uh, number three for me, Doomsday. Um, just because that was kind of the beginning of all of this for me. Number two, Gastrols, just that beat and that vocal sample where it's like, you were very high. Love that. Mm-hmm. And the number one, obviously, question mark. Uh, and then honorable mentions for me, who you think I am did make it into my honorable mentions this week just because I kept listening and I was like really paying attention to the Monster Island Czars versus on that more than the Doom ones this week. I was like, God damn. I was like, some of these guys are actually tearing it the fuck up. Like, <laughs> And then uh, other honorable mention. Uh, this one's for you, Jacob. Rhymes like dimes. <laughs> yeah. You spit them. Yeah. Rhymes like dimes is definitely... It's such a great song. Um, I... If I'm going a top three, uh, I'm going to go honorable mention. Um, I'm going to go Gastrol's honorable mention. Uh, But top three, the finest 
because um, that Tommy gun, like Tom, Ooh, whoever this Tommy it's gun, a good track. Is, it's a good track. yeah, whoever this Tommy gun guy is, like he is holding his own with Doom. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> like is which is hard. Like, yeah, they're both trading verses, and that beat is super good too. Um, uh, Red and Gold, um, also great song. Um, I'm gonna go that. That'll be my first one. Red and gold, I really, really kept coming back to it. And then I'm going to put in my second spot, the question mark. Um, but honorable mention, Doomsday, because uh, that's probably my first time I heard of Doom. And it really opened up my feel to, like, experimental underground hip-hop. So It's a good way to sum it up, too, experimental underground hip-hop. I mean... Going back to his lyricism, it's so good. It was hard for me to like narrow down my top three in general. But honorable mention would be question marks. Uh, number three would be tick tick. Number two, go with the flow. And then I like red and gold as my top my top pick. Yes. Again, I mean he talks about so many different things and all the loss that he dealt with. You know, it's just, he's so good with writing lyrics and just yeah. a great album, great pick. And unfortunately, like it didn't his the stuff he went through i didn't think doom was going to release music ever again after like 2017 because his 15 year old son passed away that year and i didn't think he was ever going to do anything again and then he dropped czarface which i i can't remember i think it might have been like grammy nominated that album that he did uh right before he passed and then but yeah man fucking mf doom this if I have anything to say about it, this ain't the last time we bring him up. But I figured actually doing one under his true MF Doom moniker, that alias that he had, mm-hmm. and making it the debut, I was like, we gotta we gotta do a little appreciation for for the man. We've brought him up a lot, but we haven't fully like. I feel like this was a good, you know, let's go back to the beginning kind of thing. So I'm glad that you guys liked it. Um, that was Operation Doomsday by MF Doom, released in 1999, my pick for this week. We'll be right back, and we'll dive into Matt's. Well, we just wrapped up some MF Doom appreciation talk. It's now time to uh, fast forward in the years and kind of go into some more eclectic stuff uh, with Matt's pick. What do you got for us, man? Um, I've got an album from 2016 by a band called Autolux. The title of the album is Pussy's Dead. But um, 
colorful, kind of a noise rock meets alternative industrial sound. I had the pleasure of seeing them with Nine Inch Nails when they were touring for their With Teeth album. Uh, that's the first time I ever heard Autolux. You know, I saw them in Fresno at a stadium there. I got the last part of their set, and I was like, what is this? And then I got to see them again when Nine Inch Nails played at a college auditorium. And like a, it, was, it was in a gym. It was in a basketball gym with like basketball hoops. I swear to God, Nine Schnells played this show. And Trent's like, this is the strangest place we've ever played. And we're going to kick its ass. And they did a great show. But Autolux opened for them. So I finally got to hear that full set. And man, this band, yeah, this band is so, Yeah, okay. Should we stop? We'll go back to that. Anyways, Nine Schnells played inside a college gym. And fucking killed it. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> and what Nine Inch Nails album was it? With Teeth. What it year was out, that? That was like 2006, 2005 maybe. Damn. Okay. Had, had the Hand That Feeds. That was a popular song. Yep. A bit more okay. Popular. Yeah. I was like, I think that's Hand That Feeds. That's. Yeah. <laughs> but hearing Trent say that, and you're like, okay. If he, if he he obviously knows that he got booked here randomly. I'm not sure why. <laughs> But he, they That's killed tight. it. It was a great show. Yeah. I think Twiggy Ramirez from Marilyn Manson was on the tour and played bass. Uh, That's it was a great show. badass. Yeah. That's so cool. Wild. Yeah, going back to Autolux, though, I mean, it's just a unique industrial type sound that blends a lot of uh, noise and a lot of synth and a lot of drums. The drummer's are really good. It's a female named Carla Azar, and she's kind of considered one of the better drummers that come out in the last 15 years, um, just with her percussion. She's played with Jack White on Blunderbuss and Lazaretto. I mean, she's she's a solid drummer. Uh, the guitar player, Greg Edwards, is from Failure, who was a band that came out in the, the early 90s. They did the song, The Nurse Who Loved Me, from the ABC album that yeah. we 13th step that we reviewed they did the original version of that um this band is just so unique uh, i thought i'd bring it up i'm glad you guys were you know open to listen to it what do you think of it it was interesting um it was like experimental electronic rock i guess that's kind of how i put it because it does have the like uh, a rock feel to it, but it also has like an electronic feel. Um, like it's very synthy. Uh, there is a lot of melodies that there's like electronic um, spaces in between them. Um, really interesting. I I can't really say that like there's a lot of stuff like this. Um, but it was really good nonetheless. Um, when I was listening back to it, um, it felt like such a shorter album that. Like, all of a sudden, I'd end the album, and then it'd keep playing again, because I just have it, like, just auto-rotate. Like, once the album ends, just keep playing the same album. So I just might have listened to it, like, three or four times, I don't know, like, throughout the day. Um, and I got real familiar with it. Um, yeah, it was real, real fucking cool. Um, some of the songs um, were... And you could tell also the drummer, like, she... She on a lot of songs was like leading the band in a way, mm-hmm. like drumming. She, she was like bringing everyone together. Um, she also the vocalist, right? Because there's, I think everyone, all, all three of them was singing, yeah, which is really sing. cool. All three band members sing, you know, which is really cool. Yeah, but her on the drums, man. It her on the drums. She really held everything together like glue. Um, the hamster hamster suite 
um that song that was a very electronic drum track great track uh yeah fantastic yes. track i love that Best song track on the album for sure yeah it's, it's very like very electronic bass, bass heavy it's so bassy yeah and and the, the drums man i don't know i kept listening to the drums it was so solid it might have just been like just a simple like drum track the whole time like throughout the whole song but it was just so consistent that it just like melded everything together like glue um but this is the first time i heard of them um apparently they've done other albums and yeah i, I was looking at some of their background they yeah they toured a lot with nine inch nails which is really fucking cool it's insane that you saw them at a gym like <laughs> the randomest <laughs> play like We're just yeah yeah that's cool that's really cool yeah kind of like i alluded to at the end of last week's uh show i matt <laughs> and like matt is seeing this now and jacob knew this i'm like and again it's the reason this whole fucking podcast started like you told me to listen to autolux a while ago and i forgot you know it's one of those things like you hear a band name and sometimes it'll stick and then sometimes it won't and so i never listened to autolux and then the one thing i remember is that you told me you saw them open for nine inch nails and by god does it make sense you listen to that for you listen to uh select all copy like that album the album just starts out with that and you're like all right yeah yeah they they toured with trent for sure like that <laughs> yeah, right that makes perfect fucking sense mm-hmm. um and it grabs you you know because it is it is you know you kind of it's like it is hard to try to pigeonhole them into a genre yeah. much like a lot of the stuff that we like we've and i feel like it's been a while since we've had that problem you know trying to peg somebody as a specific genre and autolux kind of does fit into a multitude of them and they do it well you know the fact that all three of them are singing it makes and they sound similar in their vocal styles so you're sitting there trying to pick it out it's hard to determine who's singing at some point right i was like man there's one track on it i think it's anonymous where it's very clearly the the woman uh drumming in like you can tell that it's mainly her but i was like other than that it's a Mm toss-up to figure out who's singing yeah and just the you know jacob gave his kudos i'll give him too the drumming on this is phenomenal Mm -hmm. uh specifically for this genre you know we've we've talked about plenty of good drummers that do insane shit you know we've covered pert carrie um We've talked about Jordison. You know, we've talked about all these fantastic drummers that do insane shit. Ipso facto, we've also talked about these drummers that are really good at doing simple stuff and adding their own flair to it. You know, we've talked about DJ from Krongbin, who is a guy I'm super into now, thanks to Jacob bringing them up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now Carla. You said her name's Carla? Carla Azar. Yeah. yeah, Carla Azar. You know, she holds it down and the fact that she performed with jack white solo stuff like lazaretto that's that's a killer track like like she holds it yeah yeah and the whole album yeah 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 that it's that's wild i didn't know that (laughs) you know that she had featured on some stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's just noise rock 
essentially. Like you said, I feel like the way you described it, Matt, was probably the perfect way to do so with it being like this noise rock industrial kind of vibe. And, you know, Jacob, also to back your point up, it does flow seamlessly from track to track. And you could sit there and listen to this eight times and not even know. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the 30 minute runtime that it, or like 36 minute runtime that it's got on it as well for that. <laughs> you know, it's it. But there's something every listen, something new will catch your ear, you know, and that comes that comes with the territory of a genre like this or multitude of genres that they play. I read a good example of somebody that kind of described the sound was like techno manipulation with like experimental dark pop. Because there are a lot of melodies throughout the songs that you can hear, you know, whether it's Carla or the bass player, or the guitar player singing. Um, and this is their third album. So to go backtrack to their first album, definitely worth checking out because it is more of a dirty sound. And it is more like their own sense. And you'll have the bass player singing more and stuff like that. Um, this was the first release on Danger Mouse's Columbia Records imprint called 30th Century Records. And it was produced by Boots, uh, who's a producer that's uh, behind Run the Jewels, Fanagram, Beyonce. Yep. So, like, you've got all those different elements in there. Um, so I'm glad that he was behind this album because it kind of got them out more in the mainstream rather mm-hmm. than the underground sound. Yeah. Um, decent reviews yeah. after the release came out. Critics talk about how it had that different sound. It just doesn't sound like a lot of things you can you can't pigeonhole, like you said earlier. You can't do that because it's different. It's noise rock, but noise rock is a little bit different because at some points during the noise rock, you can't really distinguish what you're listening to. With Auto Lux, there's those melodies and there's those rhythms and the drumming. I think just backs everything up and it comes full circle with that. One hundred percent. And you touched on it before i was going to bring it up the production side of this you know it's on danger mouse's label and i'll dive into this for continuity's sake for you know the show danger mouse and mf doom have a full album together called danger doom great album um and boots you already mentioned produced for run the jewels he did the production for early off of rtj2 that we talked about on this show just wanted to say that right quick i just when i was reading i was researching this album this morning while i was doing notes i was like holy shit i was like danger mouse and boots i was like man this is like plugging a bunch of shit from that we've covered in the show i know i didn't know that into this yeah that's insane boots i mean he's he's a great producer too he's produced for beyonce he's gotten grammys like so it makes sense that this had success um and i feel like it definitely deserved a lot more, um, a lot more attention. Um, I didn't know this was their third album because it came out pretty recently, like what, 2016 or something? Yep. Yep. And they've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. So. Go back to the album Future Perfect. And I think that sums up the Autolux sound, you know, the drumming and the bass. It's more like dirty. Just, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. worth a listen to. But I think this album, you know, encapsulates all that they, you know, learned from being on tour with different bands like Nine Inch Nails. And just coming into their own and finding their own unique sound because like we said earlier you can't pinpoint it at all it's, it's their own thing right and there was a track on it uh within the first three tracks uh what is it soft scene mm-hmm. it reminded me of something like the the instrumentation behind it could have been something that depeche mode scrapped from the violator days it just sure. had it had a it had a very Depeche Mode feel to me for some reason. Like the, at least the introduction to it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is interesting." And you know, 
having that within the first three tracks on an album is is a guaranteed way to get somebody to listen to the rest of it so i was very i was very surprised by this album i love the album cover too like the sloppy paint skull with a gold tooth tooth, vomiting a rainbow like it's fucking sweet (laughs) like just top to bottom this album is is great it was it was very tough for me this morning to pick a top three because i listened to it all week and i was like (laughs) you know as you listen to something throughout the week you're like oh this is an early favorite or oh this immediately this is going to be top three right i couldn't find that with this because i was like man it's all like ah it's like right there you know (laughs) it's like in your face kind of but but interesting yeah i'll start off uh oh that wasn't me (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't me trying to force the top Transition. threes. I was just mentioning. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't trying to transition. Yeah, yeah. If y'all have more to say, fucking say your yeah. piece. I was yeah. just mentioning that. I, I, I will say that, that, I like. Oh, go sorry, go no, I'm good. Go okay, ahead. I was gonna say the album, the album cover, the album title, rather. <laughs> like, where does that come from? Yeah. What is yeah. That what, why? Why? Yeah. What's it for? <laughs> There's no like reference in the album at all. Like the, the, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the weirdest name, but I mean, it's unique. Um, Maybe they had a cat named Pussy, and she. <laughs> yeah, something happened with it. It lost its last life. Yeah, who knows? But it's it's kind of nuts. They don't really have like. I mean, if you look at it on Spotify, their monthly listeners like they're not really up there. Like, um, they do have big songs, um, uh, and this album is you know it's also since it is more recent, it has more like you know. Um, like attention but yeah they, they're not really that well known um and it's kind of nuts i don't know how you've stumbled upon this um or how i mean obviously at that show but yeah that's the only reason i found it, it was because of that nine nail show yeah yeah if other than that like how you would have found out about these guys I, I wouldn't have i wouldn't have i don't think yeah yeah it's nuts but i think it's i think it's good because it's it's in that genre of rock but it's like a whole nother side it's crazy how many sides there are to like just one thing like there's a staple but then it just branches out and just like multiple little branches and this is kind of like that experimental electronic feel to it which is kind of nutty um but yeah i liked it i liked it great album um i'll definitely check out their first one because if that was their debut and it's like heralded as like one of their better ones and like where they got their sound mm. I'll definitely need to check it out and see see what it's about. Because, yeah, I, I like this. And it's a three-piece band, yep. remember? So that's also, you know, a great thing. So Yeah. We like that We like that kind of shit around here. If you got we three do. members in your band, we like it. If the this singer is a unique, is this basis, is a unique, a, a, a unique trio for sure. I think they sound a bit darker. But, you know, they're a, more, a bit more experimental. But, you know, like, it all comes full circle with the bass player singing. And, you know, that's what we're about. With Floater and Primus and... Like that. <laughs> I just, I just like to, I just like to make that joke because it's so funny. It's like we like that kind of shit around here, mm-hmm. and if your bass yeah. sings, even fucking better. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But yeah, I'll start off with my top three. Your, your uh, honorable mention, change my head. I think it's just kind of a cool song lyrically. You know, I changed my head today. You know, I just like that the way that flows. Uh, number three would be yeah. junk for code. Uh, number two, listen to the order, and then number one, uh, hamster sweet. It's like the lyrics talking about a hamster in a cage. It's just funny to me. The wheel is the sun, right? <laughs> I like that line specifically. I liked, 
also to touch on yours because it's not in my top three listen to the order i really like the second half of that song where it kind of breaks down gets a little bit more chaotic very industrial yeah very much so yes um and because i just you know touched on that i'll do mine uh number three for me was change my head uh number two was brainwasher Something about that one, it was it was a little bit more on the industrial, very much so made sense why they toured with Nine Inch Nails also on that one. Uh, Brainwasher for number two, and then number one, Junk for Code. Don't know why. The way I, that song starts off is cool. Yeah, yeah. it was the, the drum track all throughout that one. The, mm-hmm. the drumming was what drew me in on that. I was like, this is, she is destroying right now. Right. Uh, and then honorable mention for me, uh, Soft Scene. That was, that was one that I was like, ooh, is as soon as I started listening to the album, I was like, oh, I do like that. I am a big fan of that. So those are my top three. Yes. Honorable mention, I'm going to go Becker. Um, yes. Becker. Yes, dude. Um, <laughs> it ends so well. It ends the album so well. It really wraps it up. Um, top three, I'm going to go uh, Brainwasher, uh, Hamster Suite, and then my favorite track, probably Listen to the Order. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, every time I listen to an album, like I'll pick out some songs, like the first listen, and then the more that I listen to it, I'll be like, oh, this is another song. Put it in my like my favorites. Um, but listen to the order it was constantly one that I was always coming back to. So, but nice. great album. Fantastic. I'm glad pick. you guys liked it. Fantastic pick. I really did like it, and I'm also gonna go back and listen to that debut album. Future Perfect. Check it out check it out future perfect all right yes. uh but that was pussy's dead by auto lux which was matt's pick for this week we'll be back in a gif to talk about jacobs and send this bitch home All right, let's take her on home, boys. We just wrapped up talking about Pussy's Dead by Autolux, Matt's pick for episode 38. We're going to wrap this baby up with uh, Jake's pick for this week, one I'm pretty stoked to talk about. Uh, I'm stoked to talk about all of them, but this one, when he pulled it up, I was shocked. What is it? So it is uh, <laughs> Joey Badass. Uh, badass or before the money. Keep it going. Y'all ready for Joey Badass? Turn it up just a little bit. Can I get a witness in? But we must save the children. Save the children. Because if we save the children, we will save, the save them for years to come. It's all a hidden history of mysteries I see vividly. Hysteria cause misery on the interior. Shit get more scarier. Uh, Joy Badass Before the Money uh, came out in 2015. Um, his official studio debut album um it's not his first album he did make a mixtape 1999 i 100 percent will be bringing that up once i buy it 
Um, they did make a repress of it, uh, but it was super stupid expensive, so I never bought it. Um, but this is the opening. It is a gatefold. Um, we see a young Joey, one with his shades, one with his hoodie up. Um, he was 20 years old when he made this album. The back of it, just a little deli up in New York. Um, yeah, 20-year-old Joey. Um, I got a lot of say about it. Um, I got a lot of appreciation about it. I have a lot of memories about this album. Uh, I could vision myself like specifically a moment, a moment in time in my life when this album was super big for me. So, yeah, let's talk about it. What do you guys think? I'm in the same boat as him, Matt. So you go first. <laughs> you guys are just in love with this album. I love it. That's good. That's good. I think it's a great debut album. You know, I feel like he was, uh, you know, when he was growing up and going to school, he was more of an actor and like a poet, and like he like incorporates all that into his al- into this album. Um, and that persona, that picture you just showed of the inside cover, that's just him playing the part, you know, and he does it well. You know, lyrically, this is very like street, like very him. Um, he was influenced by a lot of the people that we like, whether it's Nas or Doom. Like that, those are his influences, and you can you can hear it in his voice, and his vocal range, and the way he spits uh, rhymes and the beats he uses. It's pretty cool. Um, he's an actor too. He was in Mr. Robot, um, played Inspector Deck in the Wu Tang series. So he's got like that alternate persona where he does other things. And I think being able to you know make music and act and kind of incorporate all that is a really cool talent. You know, and I'd never heard of him before this before you brought it up i'd never heard of him or listened to him so it was kind of a cool introduction to see all that and you know see all the things that he can do besides rap you know yeah yeah i think i can't remember my exact intro to joey badass um i feel like i might have heard him prior to this uh but one of my one of my homies guy used to live with tyler uh, we would just show each other tight ass music videos and like share music. Uh, he was the final person to tell me about front bottoms after five people told me to listen to them that he got me into front bottoms and shit like that. And one night sitting there boozing, smoking, and he was like, you got to watch this music video. And it was the music video for Christ Conscious off of this mm-hmm. album. Easily, also easily one of my favorite modern era rap songs. <laughs> um, I... Every rap-esque playlist that I ever create on Spotify, that's like one of the first 10 songs that gets put in it is Christ Conscious. Just because that beat and that intro, that mother, sucker, (laughs) just it goes so hard. And then, you know, I was like, holy shit, Joey Badass is a badass. Uh, I got to listen to the rest of this album and it blew me away. And then... I caught it, you know, a couple of years after this had been put out. And so I waited like a year and a half, two years. All-American Badass came out, which is a great album also. But this is, my God, dude, there's a lot of good stuff happening on this album. Uh, Matt, you said it perfectly. The lyricism on it's unreal. Uh, the beats he uses are fucking top notch. Uh Man, like when like when you brought this up last week, Jacob, I was like, ah, shit. And then it brought me back, you know, to like four or five years ago. And, you know, I was telling you, Jacob, this week, I was like, I don't think I've heard Jesus view in like yes. two, three years. Like that song kicks ass. Like, mm-hmm. 
So I love this shit, man. Yeah, no, it's, I have so many, like this album really got me through school, um, like middle school and high school, um, particularly, uh, mainly high school, because um, I listen to a lot of music. Um, Joey Badass, I've always been following him since he dropped 1999. Um fantastic uh mixtape and then when this actually dropped like it was insane um talk about like not only just like him rapping because this album it really doesn't have features it's mainly just him um and that can be hard sometimes because if you don't have features like how are people going to get into it you know that's how people find out like oh he has you know asap rocky or oh he, he's got a Nas on an, on a song like you know that brings other people in um, but he really showed that he can carry an album just by himself. Um, even with the production, uh, he's got a DJ premiere. Um, he teams up again with Lee Bannon, um, UEC Pro Era producers, Kirk Knight and Chuck Strangers. Um, he's got a Hit Boy song on there. He's got Freddie Joaquim. Like he's got these really big producers and Static Selecta, someone that he's worked with numerous times, um, also on this album all over it. So, yeah, it's it's one of those albums that definitely I appreciate a lot. It got me through a lot. Um, a lot of the songs, they're so lyrically talented. It's crazy how ahead of his time he is for such a young person. Like, as a 20-year-old, he's making a full album, just him, just by himself. Um, and he shows, like, how gifted he is, like, lyrically um, and musically. Um uh, and even some of the songs that he does have features on, they also kill it too. He's got a, uh, well, he's got Chronic, someone that we brought up before on the Free Nationals album. Um, same thing, he's got a song with uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, um, which is also super great. Um, I love that song, Like Me. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> It's not yeah, I appreciate this album a lot. Um, you said it got you through uh, school, like it helped you get through. It one hundred percent, yeah, it one hundred percent. How, how did it do that? Just like, did you get to relate to it, or like it just took out that aggression, or like what was it? I was just, I just related to it, and in school, um, especially early on, like I didn't have much friends. Like the friends that I did have, um, I okay. lost a lot of them, like in freshman okay. year, sophomore year um so i would just like just so like constantly... music was your friend in a sense yeah music was kind of okay. like my companion you know so like, i was I... like that too man that's why i say that i was like that too so yeah I yeah it. i i just listen to music a lot like i'd have my hoodie on i'd have my yeah, yeah earbuds in yep. listening yep. to music most of the time and this is candy taped earbuds exactly yeah dorian knows <laughs> <laughs> we we had this conversation earlier this week <laughs> we did yeah it was it was hilarious <laughs> but yeah it got me through a lot um definitely one of my favorite albums of his i feel like it is underappreciated somewhat because 1999 is probably his best album but this one's also like very very much up there for me yeah it's and it's like every other like every song on it is just catches you for a different reason you know on and on it's the hook for me christ conscious it's the beat jesus view it's the the verses on it like you know 
when I was coming back from the break just now, I, I literally said, I keep the bombs in my basement. When I detonate, that you can feel the vibrate, you know, just stuff like that. He just, mm. and his delivery with everything is so aggressive at times, you know? Like, he's really, like, it, you can tell that he's rapping from the heart, which is so awesome when you're when you're saying you know such not to make a dumbass pun but when you're saying such conscious lyrics Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that and then or when you're talking you know low-key kind of talking shit on a song like christ conscious you know saying basically like a fuck the haters kind of track kind of thing you know it's still like damn he really like got dragon balls like my name was vegeta damn boy (laughs) you know just chill there's there's just so many little verses that you could pull out and just really appreciate and deep dive into um i man like revisiting this album was definitely a treat for me because it was you know like i hadn't heard paper trails in a minute either uh escape 120 ocb like great tracks like throughout and it's one of those you know we constantly talk about how there will be like two halves to an album and some of us will lean more toward one half or the other, whether it's the first or the second. And this one, it's like, shit, man, I can pick at least a top three for each half of this album. Like it's that damn good. Yeah. Yeah, Talk about the opening song to on the album, save the children. Whoo. Every time that I listen to that, it's, it builds up so well um, with whatever, like, uh, interview that is that in the beginning it's like we must save the children um, and then it goes into it the beat builds up to status selecta he knows what he's doing with Joey he's worked with him a lot it's funny on that on that uh, on that song um, I think the chorus um, it says like you know a bunch of stuff it's like save the children and it says like black people this and that and it's like black people are rumbling for the longest time i thought it said black people and then it said harambe for some reason because <laughs> it say rumbling but I, it sounded like harambe to me um until i looked at the lyrics like a couple of years ago i'm like oh it says our rumbling not harambe <laughs> um but yeah um a lot of songs on this album man super good Sorry, I'm trying to find those lyrics for you. It's just taking a little bit. Oh, I uh, yeah, black black businessman save the chill. Black people are rumbling. Yeah, I can see <laughs> now that I'm like re-listening to it in my head right now. Yeah, I can see the harambe. <laughs> black people harambe. Yeah, I thought it was harambe. For a long time. <laughs> I was like, I don't think harambe was a thing at that point. <laughs> yeah, right. I just made it. They up. were alluding to something. They might they might have been the shooter on the grassy knoll in that situation. <laughs> Conspiracy theory, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, any final thoughts on Joey Bubba 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 Badass? Uh, yeah, I got a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, going to say. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, underrated tracks for me, Big Dusty and Number 99. I feel like those two songs don't get enough appreciation. But I can only do so many honorable mentions, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> It's, but like the beat for number 99 I was just like oh man like it's you were right like you I mean you said it perfectly the production on this was top notch yeah it's a, a track for me that really stood out uh, on and on I've always liked that song um, but it's crazy the impact that 
Capital Steve's when he passed, um, how big of an impact he had on not only like pro era, but especially on Joey. Um, on all of Joey's albums, he's made a song tributed to Capital Steve's. Um, on summer on summer nights, he did Long Live Stilo. On this song, he did On and On. Uh, on 2000, his most recent album, he did Survivor's Guilt. He always still carries that with him because he was like a deep friend of his. Um, and yeah, man, it's fucking powerful, dude. Like it's 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 like a brotherly love that you know when something yeah. like that happens, it's it's hard to get by. But with that On and On song, you can kind of tell it. He's kind of trying to cope with it. You know, he's trying yeah. to live off of it i honestly didn't make the connection that it was about steez because on and on re-listening to this album it made it into my top three uh on and on did and i didn't realize like i was like man this is like a deep ass track you know like he's saying some real shit i never put two and two together that it was about no it is like like the lyric it's it's like don't mourn me when i'm gone celebrate my travels Whenever you need me, just take a plane to the astral zone. I'm heading home. I've been hurting too long. Time don't stand still, so you gotta move on and on. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. I remember the first time that I heard Long Live Stilo off Summer Nights. I was, like, tearing up. Like, it was powerful. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it shows that love that he had for, for his close friend. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back, you know, the fact that I wasn't able to catch that off the rip goes back to what I was saying about his, you know, ability to write a song and ability to write lyrics and deliver them. Because that's, you know, being a good rapper is basically two things, you know, at least something, you know, being a rap fan, I've been able to decipher this. It's being able to write a good song and delivery. Like, those are the two things. If you can write something that catches people's ear that's great but if you can deliver it in a way that maybe masks a little bit of the meaning of what you're trying to say or you know really drives that point even further home really you know separates you from from the herd kind of if that makes any sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah he you could tell he's so lyrically like ahead of his time what his like his subject is um, what his subject matter is um, another song I've always liked, uh, Peace of Mind, that intro where he's like on a phone call with a friend. That was my ringtone for the longest time because <laughs> it's like someone calling him. He's like, yo, Joey. It's like, like, yeah. And it's like a phone call. So like when I get a phone call, I'd hear that. I was like, oh, someone's calling me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That was, <laughs> That's fire. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> young, young Kobo on the beat. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm telling you, man, this album's been in my life for the longest that's so cool, man. That's actually that's actually fucking rad, man. That's yeah. that's super tight. OCB, you yep. named ODB, uh, OCE, all these other. Now I'm a famous rapper like OMG, OMG, like oh, mm. oh man. He was he like and the fact that he was fucking twenty, man. Like to compare, like to to kind of compare two things we've two albums we've talked about. When Doomsday came out, Doom was already 28. And so that was his debut solo work from the view of a 28-year-old, you know, or whatever. And then you convert over to Before the Money, and it's Joey Badass at 20, killing the game harder than people have been in it, that that have been in it for years, you know. 
Like that's truly a testament to the talent. And you know, Jacob, you've dropped like I feel like you and I have probably name dropped all of his other albums in the in the time we've talked about this album. It's yeah. every everything he does from 1999 on until 2000. You know, it doesn't change. Like he is mm-hmm. so consistent. Like even you know, All American Badass did get you know like a lot of mainstream play, which is good because people finally started seeing the genius behind him. But even that album is you know that album will bring a tear to a man's eye. I swear to God, you know, and before the money, like the same way, man, like on and on. Now that I know what that song's about, I'll probably listen to that tonight and just, man, capital (laughs) C's. You were so tight. And this album, I feel like, you know, you know, we want to talk, you want to talk about pro era. I know you and I, Jacob, are big Flatbush zombie fans, you know, kind of that whole New York thing. This was probably, like once this album came out, I feel like that kind of was like, "Hey, this is the new wave of New York hip hop," and yeah. it starts now. And then everything just snowballed from there, and you know we had this whole other wave coming out, which I think you know that's one thing that I kind of put together in my head. Listening to this this week, I was like, "Shit." That was kind of the jumping off point for a lot of you know those young artists. It was. Yeah, it really was. And like um, Joey Badass, he's kind of viewed as like he's in this weird space where he's like underground, but he's also kind of mainstream. He floats like right in between it. Um, I saw progressive hip hop in one of the mm-hmm. terms for him, which is I've never seen that before. Progressive hip hop. That's a weird term. But. Yeah. Yeah. He it, it is kind of like that. It is progressive. Like it's a lot of the stuff that he's talking about. Um, he made a whole album, All American Badass, that it's like very, not political, but it's got a lot of, it's got a very deep message to it. Um, like that whole album, it's 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 great. Um, and he's that always sample, been. Uh, sorry, on that album, that sample on. Uh, fuck. God damn it! It's like one of the biggest songs off that album, but it has a sample of a kid crying at the end of it, and he's like, you "Can't keep treating." Oh yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Temptation, I'm pretty sure. Temptation, yes. The mm-hmm. crying kid sample on the end of Temptation fucking gets me. Every time I'll be like yeah. driving home and forget that song's on, and I'm like, oh shit, the end of this is gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get home. It's gonna get home. Bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. He's always had that like very like influential mindset. Like he wants to think about deep into things and get into topics. And not a lot of people do. Um, it's true. But yeah, this this album, one of my favorite, definitely. Um, we can do top threes if y'all want. Um, if I'm going top three, um, let me get my, my notes. It, it changes every day. It really does. Um, top three this week for me um, was On and On. Um because it's a Steve's tribute, I, I, it made me rabbit hole back into pro era. It really did. Like, I got back into Kirk Knight, CJ Fly, like all these other pro era. Uh, so, on and on, uh, OCB, and then Save the Children. I love that intro. I love the sampling. I love what Static Selected does as a producer. Um, but honorable mention, I could probably name name off like five songs so i won't do that so <laughs> <laughs> uh well for me 
Uh, number three for me was On and On. Number two, Christ Conscious. Uh, number one for me was Jesus View. Uh, just like rehearing that song, I was like right back into it. I was like, yep, one of the best songs on the album. I was like, my favorite. Um, and it, you know, dethroned Christ Conscious because had, you know, I don't know. It was, it's like, you know, sometimes you f- almost forget about a song and then you hear it again. You'd like forget. You're like, oh, I really liked that song. Totally forgot it was on this album. That mm-hmm. was me with Jesus View. And yeah. then honorable mention for me was Escape 120. I really did like that. Great song. song. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, Dorian, we share the honorable mention. Escape 120 was mine. Uh, yeah. Number three was number 99. Uh, number two, Paper Trails. And I like Peace of Mind. It's my top. Good help. Nice. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Before the Money by joey badass which was mr jake's pick for this week um i think it's time we uh start showing what we're going to be spinning this week To start things off for next week's picks, we'll go with me. And uh, I think it's about time. You know, we just, we, we I brought up Doom, who we've talked about before. We're going to bring up another artist we've talked about before. Oh, going, you didn't do it. We're going 10,000 Days by yes. Tools, released in 2006. Uh-huh. Very, very fucking good album. I'm stoked to talk about that. I've got a boner. Is that okay? That's perfect. Hey, so do I, man. <laughs> Musical boner, yes. Uh, <laughs> the band that I'm going to pick is from Portland, Oregon. Uh, they have a few albums out, but this album's from two, 2003. The band's called Menomena. Say that with me. Menomena. Menomena. Yeah, I, I Am I The like Fun it. Blame Monster is the album. Uh, Menomena. Yeah, two, Menomena. I am the fun blame monster. Yes. All right. Hold on. Let me jot. Let me jot. Hold on. You got to write that down. I wanted to go local because there's so many good bands from Oregon, whether it be Floater or this band. uh, You know, a drummer from Fugazi is from Portland. I mean, there's, you know, Portland's a great place. Yeah, you know, it's a great place. Very cool. All right. I'm I'm down. I'm interested in that. Yes. What you got, Jake? And I got this week, I'm going to bring up uh, Melody Symphony, A Journey to You. Uh, okay. It's like Those a, got sick album covers, man. Jeez. It's like an instrumental beat hip-hop kind of. We'll, we'll see. I think journey, got, a Journey to You, you said is what it's called? A Journey to You, yeah, by Melody Symphony. Okay. This is or, one of the more unique... Uh, episodes i think with all the picks we have probably for, for next week yeah this is all yeah. very different stuff i like it very Me cool. too. i'm very stoked that'll be man and that's a good hey that's a good that's actually really good because next episode episode 39 yeah, yeah. we go all over the place and then we all come back together and mm-hmm. get grounded 
you know, I'll kind of yeah. go to the same thing with Tribe, and then right. we can, and we go right back out. I feel like next week, obviously, going to be crazy. I'm I'm stoked to talk about those albums and Tribe, but I'm really interested to see what episode 40 is, to see how, after all three of us talk about a Tribe album, how far we all fucking split off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've already... Right. I've already got some stuff in my head as to what I might bring up for episode 40. But anyways, that's a little bit down the line. This has been episode 38 of What You Spinning. As always, I'm Dorian, joined by my two dudes, Matt and Jacob. Uh, catch us later for episode 39. Y'all have a great week. Stay hydrated. <laughs>